Well, welcome to another edition of the Destination Polaris Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Christie. Today's podcast is brought to you by Rugged Radios, in-car communication, car-to-car communication, Bluetooth music, whatever your communication needs might be, Rugged is always there to help you out with finding the right product for your machine, Rugged Radios, the authority in communication. Well, I'm going to do something a little different today on this podcast that I haven't done ever before, and that's to bring two of our most seasoned Destination Polaris Photogs on the show to talk about some of their favorite shoots and some behind-the-scenes stuff that goes on when we do these films. So welcome to the show, Pete and Kyle, and you guys don't get last names because no photographer ever has the last name. <laughs> no, no. It's fine. <laughs> right? They're behind the scenes yes. all the time. Right, right. Like, um, this, is, this is Pete and this is Kyle, and these guys are in charge today, and they don't have last names. That's just... Or it's just like, where's the photographer? Right? Yeah. I mean, you guys don't have... Like, when people are looking for you and they can't remember what your name is, oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah, what's that camera guy again, his name? Yeah, he's somewhere over there. Just, yeah. Just look for the, the shiny glass that's sparkling at you right right now you guys kyle you've been doing the show for how long now oh geez i think i started shooting with you guys during the 2015 season like way back when polaris was unveiling the rs1 does that sound right the okay single seater i'll take it i remember that just because um it was my first time i was like starstruck because all these action sports guys like travis pastrana and bucky lassick we're all test driving at like the I forget the racetrack. Oh, the uh, one here in Minnesota, the ERX like track. Yep. Yes, yeah. So I showed up just shooting them, or like ready to shoot a machine, and it's like, oh my god, all these people I watched in like skateboarding videos were there. So it was big moment, big moment for me. I wow. wanted to go up to wow, them you... like, hey, loved you in the end, Bucky, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> your career started like up here, and it just downhill since then right seriously i peaked yeah i peaked <laughs> eight years ago <laughs> yes yes pete how long has it been for you uh i'm on my sixth season uh so yeah five years but six seasons uh some strange math there yeah do you remember your first dp shoot yeah so on? the first one was utah um and yeah again we did something unusual we went snowmobiling that was your first one that was my first one. Oh, yeah. i was on that i remember that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So uh, Douglas Summit and did a snowmobile, although uh, the photographers, <clears throat> what you don't see is that we don't get the snowmobile. So what we got was a Ranger with tracks. And so that was my first introduction to the machines. And that was pretty cool. <laughs> That's funny for both of you guys, because one, yours, Kyle, was kind of unique. We don't do a lot of shoots with uh, more well-known people than me. And then uh, that's totally <laughs> crap. And uh, Pete, you we don't do hardly any snow shoots at all. And your first one was a snow shoot. Yeah. Dang. All right. Not too bad. Not too bad. Those make for memorable ones, though. Like another mm -hmm. um, shoot we did with the, the Rangers on tracks was out in Pinedale, Wyoming, um, which is wild. These guys take them out into the middle of nowhere. And you need the tracks because you're literally on like six or seven feet of snow. And I remember getting out to record, so I grab my sticks, like, or, op or open the door rather, and step into the snow and sink instantly up to my chest. <laughs> <laughs> Which is sketchy because then a Did you have times, to use a winch to get you out. <laughs> snow shovels, pretty much. Like the tracks would get stuck out there from time to time because they'd try to navigate, you know, the best possible path. And if the tracks get stuck, then you're just stuck out there, like 40 miles in the middle of nowhere, and just shovels to try to get the tracks unstuck. But you're always with people on these shoots that 
know exactly what they're mm-hmm. doing. You know. Oh, you have been with people who know exactly what they're doing. Thankfully, yeah. in this case, they <laughs> got their satellite phones. I'm like, okay, all right, I feel a little better. Yes. Just going off into the wilderness to hopefully come back with something. That's funny. You guys both remember your. I well, I remember my first shoot too because it was the Baja 1000. And so that was in oh, that'd be very memorable. 2004, right? Wow. And uh, it was just me and one other photographer, and it was from uh, Ensenada to La Paz. And, the, you know, we didn't know what we were doing. And the people we were with certainly did, had run the race before, but didn't really know what they were doing either. It was just like, okay, Jared, you go to the start of the race, and the other photographer is going to go somewhere in the middle of the race. And... Best of luck. Yep. <laughs> that was it. That was it. That's and we ran into each other like in the middle of the night at some stop because they had a issue with a carburetor or something like that. And so we caught up then and we didn't see each other again until the, the finish of the race. <laughs> and then we drove the thousand miles back to San Diego oh, after gosh. that. So we stayed one night in La Paz and then I don't know how much sleep we got that night. But uh, that was after, you know, we raced, you ended up there in the morning. Everyone wants to celebrate, have a good time. We do that all day long, and then we get back in the car and drive. Oh, wow. Drive back, you know. And you, you think about those shoots, and it's like no cell phone, no no music because you're down in Mexico. You're just, like, literally in the back seat of the truck. I remember we had one pillow that we both put our heads on to, <laughs> to sleep. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. But yeah, I couldn't tell you what the second or third shoot was, but first one for sure. Yeah, those stand out. Right. Getting the new experience mm-hmm. in and just rinse and repeat. Yeah. Now, you guys have been doing this long enough that you've had, you know, we do, uh, obviously, uh, you know, we don't, people ask me all the time, well, where do you guys, how do you guys choose where your locations are? And I say, well, we don't pick too many in Iowa and Kansas and stuff like that. Usually it's pretty scenic most of the time. But there are other ones that are just like more sort of memorable or, or scenic. Pete, do you have a, one or two that you, sort of stand out in your mind? Yeah. I mean, um, part of, part of it is just for personal reasons. I used to live in Oregon and Portland and, uh, went back to Oregon. We went to the dunes and I didn't know that that existed in my 12 years of living in the state there. So to go back and find these things and then to ride in there, and, uh, the dunes are different from anything like glamis. I mean, there's trees, there's, you're right up against the, the ocean. It was just, uh, so fantastic. <laughs> it just was way different than I knew existed in that state. I mean, I know from living there, they've got like four different, uh, kind of geographic areas, but I didn't know that this place had existed before that. So, uh, that was really cool. Um, more recent, uh, is Quebec. Um, I've gone now twice and, um, both have been fantastic shoots. Um, just, uh, one time was in June. This most recent was fall. And so the colors were popping. Like, I I don't know how you timed it for that trip, but you, you must've really pulled some strings. A A plus producing. Yeah. A plus. (laughs) The colors were fantastic. I mean, should go, I should go grab a beer and crack one right now to celebrate my (laughs) outstanding job. (laughs) How's your French? My French, uh, is, uh, El Succo. (laughs) Perfect. Perfecto. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Those are fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, similar to like you were saying, like with the, the dunes, um, Earlier in the fall, we went to Camp Razor, 
and Glamis, and that was my first time kind of going to that part of the country and kind of similar thing. Like I didn't know this was here, like mm-hmm. all these like, you know, vast sand dunes, but uh, more so just going to the event of a hundred thousand people that are just mega enthusiasts of these machines and riding in the dunes in general, just descending upon this place had very post-apocalyptic vibes, like Mad Maxi, just people with decked out machines that, you know, like could survive the apocalypse and just geared out like face masks and helmets. And just, it was a very wild scene, just ripping up the desert and very, very kind of fish out of water experience. Kind of going to that one. Um, and of course, Cabo. Yes, I know, I know. When he was talking, I was like, we all three were in Cabo. (laughs) (laughs) Cabo is memorable for a number of reasons, but yes, uh, I I agree. Cabo is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the fun of um, doing this show. It's a lot of times you get to go to a place you'd love to vacation to as well. And so you're one warm weather spot, you know. Yes, we went in January. Yeah, great getaway We got to escape the, yeah, Minnesota winter. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, what? Where, 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 how would you describe the geography of that? Like the southern peninsula of Baja, we went from Cabo, which is at the southern part, up the eastern side, yeah. the Sea of Cortez, yep. that about right? Yep. And made it up to El Cardinal and then up to La Paz and then headed west to the Pacific. Todos Santos. To Todos Santos. And, you know, like we were riding all day like along the beach so like on one side of us is like jungle on the other side is you know the pacific ocean like literally whales are jumping while we're recording like, come on <laughs> come on it was it was amazing again and, the producing yes <laughs> <laughs> no it was it was wonderful you know and you get that um you know that mix of culture and just people that are just so gung ho about riding. It's you know it's it's a cool thing to to be around and how they use these machines to get to places that you wouldn't otherwise get to see, maybe ever. No, I agree. You guys both said something when you guys were talking about your stories about I didn't know it existed, right? And that's such a common thing for me as well. We go somewhere, it's always almost always new for the first time. I'm like, oh, I didn't know this existed. Whether it's out on the trail or something you learn about from the city or town that you were in. There might be an old story about some sort of settlement back in the day or somebody who was famous who came through the area. And so there's always like a historical part to almost every show that we do because you're kind of in the boondocks most of the time. And you're, you're like, oh, this, I would have never thought this. You went to Arkansas. I did. Right? And it was super... uh uh almost tropical lush. Yes. Uh, so again, that was a Kyle and, and me shoot. And yeah, I mean, the waterfalls, I was a little mm. surprised to find waterfalls there. Uh, they had what, three or four? I can't even I remember. mean, just on that trail. Just alone, on that like, trail. Yeah. I mean, the picture I had in my mind of Arkansas definitely was not that. Just no. like, just so lush and very green. And like you said, waterfalls and overlooks everywhere yeah. and snakes galore i can leave that behind oh that's right <laughs> wasn't cool about like all in the river and the streams yeah and like we were on this one waterfall like like several tiered waterfalls like mm-hmm. falling into one another and at the very bottom was like this gigantic pool and they were telling us like this is a great spot to go swimming and i remember talking to alexa are you i'm like well we have to we have to do this like we're here with cameras like let's let's jump in it's gonna be great and then, like, right as we were deciding to do it, I see this big old snake just like 
going across the top of the water at the bottom. Like, yeah, nope. <laughs> Not getting in that water. And meanwhile, I missed it because I was up at the other waterfall, uh, one of the tiers, and I was waiting for the machines to go through. So I didn't even see the snake. Well, yeah, I mean, snakes are snakes are one thing, but when they say there's venomous snakes there, and everyone who lives there is not concerned. It's just like, oh, just look for their head. And I forget what it was, like a pointy head or something is like venomous. Like just, like I don't even want to get close enough to identify them. Right, right. Hard pass. I know, I know. It's, uh, you know, the, the Cabo thing, I have a bunch of memories from that. But obviously when we were done to go fishing, that day of fishing and catching the striped marlin was like off the charts. You never have a day like that where you, you're catching marlin, it's like you're catching goldfish at the aquarium. You know, you just scooping them out of the water it felt like literally was like do you remember what our count was it was like a record 84 84 84 no, no big deal no big deal no <laughs> and, big deal and don't forget the four dorado yes yeah and, and just to do that all day long and then we could have caught 100 that day if we wanted to easily mm-hmm. but then we stopped and we jumped in the water oh, to swim right. with, with, with the bait with, ball with the bait ball which if you've never seen a bait ball uh it's just a big circular ball of fish that could be, I, I suppose, any sizes mm-hmm. you wanted to, but this particular one was probably 10 to 15 feet high with a circumference of the size of like a conference room. I don't know, you yes, know? It was quite large. It was quite large. And then you jump in the water and there's just marlin just darting all over the place around you. And there's a sea lion there and they're all going through the bait ball. And you're just in the water sort of like looking around thinking, well, if this is it, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. that was incredible. Cause it's like when you're in the boat and you see these fish like jumping in the distance, which is incredible in itself, just like breaching and flying into the air. You're like, Oh man, that's a big fish. And then when you jump in to snorkel and you got your goggles and you're literally within, you know, you're close, but you see how big these fish are. It's like, Oh man, I feel so vulnerable. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> and the fish are going in and out of the bait, bait ball and their noses are like these gigantic swords really and like i remember them saying like just don't get too close to the bait ball because it could come through and literally impale you yes and okay that's fine i'll stay away from the bait ball but you can't tell the bait ball to stay away from you and sometimes that comes really close to you oh i definitely had this a vision of uh this is one of us is gonna be steve Irwin on this trip where it's just gonna be the nose right through the heart and then that's it oh my gosh i mean if you were to look up the gopro footage we took of that like some of those fish come mighty close or you just kind of catch them out of the peripheral you know and, and like they're so fast and they're just <laughs> <laughs> underneath you to the side of you yeah that was that was wild and like i'm not that strong of a swimmer and we had like flippers on and we're in the ocean so you can like float a little bit and i remember like poking my head back up to the surface to get a good breath of air out of the snorkel and the boat was like so far away. <laughs> like am i in trouble here that i had the Could same I... I was uh i was uh doggy paddling and i was not doing well <laughs> out there and i'd look up and yeah that boat was far away i'm like oh no how am i going to get back to this thing <laughs> that was um, i'm kind of surprised we all even got on that boat because the day before we got so sick oh the two of you that, did yeah you didn't get sick no i didn't get sick not i just i look sick from the picture you took of me on the boat but that was from the motion <laughs> that's sickness. right we all got a little uh food poisoning montezuma's revenge whatever you want to call it down there and that was my second time in a row down in Mexico getting that. So, yeah, be fearful. Um, <laughs> it wasn't as bad this second time. that, But it's no fun. That's for sure. 
No. Yeah. Walk into the boat. It's like, oh, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and boats don't bother me. I don't get sick on boats. But yeah, we were, that's right. We were all sick a little the day before we did that. But, you know. But there was, there was so much good about Cabo. That's an easy one to. Yes. yes. That didn't happen. Yes. That, 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 <laughs> that never happened. I love <laughs> when we landed and we're sitting there waiting for our bags at the Minneapolis airport. And Kyle, you shared that story of someone you sat next to on the plane who went down and basically did the same things we did where they off-roaded and they went fishing and they were sharing that with, did you hear the story? Pete? No, I've oh, heard this. Yes. You want to share that story? Yeah. It's like, I mean, we're coming home and like other vacationers, like, how was your time? Like, I oh, was good. We were working. And like, what'd you do? Like, Oh, we went fishing. You know, it was like their one trip out of the year. Like we went down there, we rode, rented ATVs and they only took us on like just one circle track. It was lame. And then we went fishing all day, had a couple bites, caught one small fish and, I didn't even bother telling them, like, <laughs> our story. Like, oh, man, we could, we circled the whole country and it doesn't even pay. You know? I know. Like, I was just like, oh, I just cringe. And it it totally makes me feel, because so many times we are with people who know where they're going and what they're doing. And your experience with that is radically different than just, say, going out and, um, you know, guessing mm-hmm. on an outfitter, yeah. right? And if you're in a place like a Cabo, there's no shortage of people hitting you up for just about anything down there and including fishing and, and off-roading, but you sign up for one of those, you have, you have no idea, you know? And of course we knew the, uh, the guys who owned the boat and what the, the fishing had been like leading up to that. And we went way out. I mean, we were only one or maybe two boats where we were located. We, you know, we left at sun up and came back at sundown and not all those boat trips are, are, fortunate enough to be able to do that at all but i know i I was like man i was like two people in the same place at the same time and having two radically different experiences totally i mean just his atv ride alone just sounded well i mean when you're staying close to like resort town you're not going to get that experience and we went how far were we a couple hours away from cabo yeah oh easily i mean captain baja yeah right right operation yeah and that was yeah, I mean, uh, one of the reasons I did enjoy that trip was just we were so immersed in everything out there. And uh, it was a very fast trip, but yeah, it was and, still... And people who know the language, mm-hmm. too, that helps. That helps. Our, our broken Spanish wouldn't have gotten us too far, but... Well, your your broken Spanish got me dinner. Uh, That's our right. Our night in La Paz, so... <laughs> I can order us food. <laughs> but um, yeah, heck of a time. No, and, and that... that Shoot makes me think about uh, what it takes for us to get these done. So when we fly in the States, it's not that real big of a deal. We, you know, I have a personal bag and then you guys load me up with the gear bag. And then usually you each have a box with a camera and then your own personal bag. So we have six big bags, five or six usually big bags. And we do an international shoot. We have to get special form signed and go through, you know, different parts of customs and all that kind of stuff. When we get to the airport, like three hours before the flight leaves. And sometimes that's almost not enough time. Mm-hmm. I was, was starting to worry with the, on the way back from Cabo, if we were going to make our flight. Yeah. I mean, remember they, like, okay, you guys got to come this way. They take us like down the stairs through a back hallway. I'm like, am I even at the airport anymore? Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't even know where we were. And, uh, and then, yeah, they scanned my bag at one entrance and then they were like, Oh, you have a multi-tool in there. I'm like, yeah, because that bag's getting checked. You know, like I almost was like, afraid they weren't going to let us through that part of the, you know, wherever we were because of this. And then, 
Yeah. It's, and, it's, it's a lot of red tape with a lot of this gear, Yeah, you know, and dealing with the serial numbers and whatnot. But <clears throat> it is, um, it's impressive. Like you said, the amount of bags and gear we take for just three people to get an entire television show out mm-hmm. of it for, you know, for a production. This well, size and then and even lot. since then we have reduced it by one because now we have a camera case that holds two cameras. So we've, and the cameras are smaller than what we even took to Cabo. Uh, this season we've been shooting on new cameras. And so, um, that's helped a little bit in reducing what we take, but it's still, why well, don't we still bring the other bag and just fill it up with candy? <laughs> Souvenirs. <laughs> Souvenirs and candy. Souvenirs and, yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, there's plenty of shows out there that'll send a team of, you know, 10, 15 people, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, God, you guys get that all the time, don't you? I mean, they still do. We walk up and they're like, this, this is it. This is it. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, I mean, that's part of, I think, you know, if you watch the show, you wouldn't know that we have Just two like, photographers and a producer slash host, you know, running how many cameras? We got uh, two ground cameras, a couple of GoPros, a drone, uh, an iPhone slash Osmo. Yeah, some other handheld stuff. Yeah. yeah so we're, we're doing all that. We're, some crews will send five people with five GoPros and then two other people doing the main camera, a drone operator, two producers, you know, post coordinator to line up your transportation or mm-hmm. whatnot. And it's like, no scouts. Yeah. I mean, we don't, we, we scout as we go. Yeah. That's a great point. We don't ever go early to see what it's going to look like or, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's conversations that I have beforehand about, okay, what are the key destinations that we're going to go to because i always feel that's the most important thing about any shoot because a desert trail looks like a desert trail or uh you know a mountain trail looks like a mountain trail but there's got to be some key just you know defining characteristic about where we're going otherwise there's not much to talk about maybe right. sometimes you know it's like okay we're going here and we're going here but how long does it take us to get there is always like this you know and everyone's version of how long is totally different <laughs> i mean that is so i've had people like yep just 20 minutes oh, okay cool 20 minutes 20 minutes two hours later we're still not there and that's not because we're stopping to film that's just like he's like oh i guess it was longer than i thought and that will wreck a day for us sometimes yeah what do you think that is? Just like unaware of time or just like very excited to have TV people here? They want to, it doesn't matter. We want to get to Yeah, I don't know. I remember uh, being in New Brunswick a few years ago and we're sitting down having breakfast with the crew that we're going to ride with that day, going over the plan. Because I'll go over the plan like a number of times just to make sure I didn't miss anything or I fully understand what they're doing. And that day we were going to ride from our spot in New Brunswick all the way to the ocean, have lunch and come back. And I was like, I'm in. Like, that sounds like a great deal. We'll ride to the ocean. We'll have seafood at some sort of restaurant right there. I'm like, sign me up. We're not like an hour. And I said, well, how long, you know, how long is this ride there? He's four, four hours. So I'm like, so two there and two back. He's like, yep. I'm like, okay, that's going to be a long day, but we're going to, we're going to do it. We'll probably get there for a late lunch and then just drive all the way back. We're like an hour or so into filming, and he's like, "Guys, we gotta, we gotta hustle. We gotta get all the way to there." And I was like, "Yeah, I know, I know. I, we're doing okay." He goes, "No, it's four hours." I'm like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "It's four hours to get there without stopping." <laughs> and I'm like, "I looked you right in the eye over <laughs> like eggs and sausage this morning, and you said it was four total, two to get there and two back." Oh, I must have misunderstood you. I'm like, "Well, we're not going to the ocean today now because otherwise we would just 
it was the fall time and the fall time, the light's shorter. So we're dealing with like darkness at four, four thirty, in light at like eight. So your time is even more critical mm-hmm. during the fall. So yeah. you're like, I got to know exactly. And so we never went. We just oh. went hungry that day. Oh. <laughs> I was so mad at him. I was so pissed. I was like, oh, you. What? Yeah, that turns into kind of, you know, going back to like scouting on the fly. Like mm-hmm. when you have a time time restriction, like going back to Cabo again, you know, it's going to, we have a full eight hour day of riding and we don't know what we're going to see. So you have to very strategically pick like, okay, does this look like, is this going to film, you know. Does it film well? And it, then can we, how many shots can we get here? Because we have to make every stop count. Yeah. Can we spend 30 minutes here and get, you know, two minutes of TV time? Right. You know, and make the shot variety count. Mm-hmm. So that's a important thing to keep in mind when you're going across these places. But if you get bad information, there's nothing you can do. No. <laughs> no. No. And it's it, it it's happened more than once and it'll happen again. And then there's the, the opposite side where it's been way shorter to get there than they anticipated. Yeah. And then we get a day where... We hit four or five like cool destinations. Like, oh, this was awesome. I had no idea. Like, and he's like, yeah, I just I overguessed. I got. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, aside from like favorite spot, what would, can you think of like one of the more uncomfortable shoots? Being cold is always uncomfortable. I can think of um, when we were in Pittsburgh. I'll start by saying this was very cool. We rode in some mines, like old. I don't even remember. Mines and meadows. Mines and meadows. Well, yeah. yeah. I forget what they were pulling out of the mines, like concrete or I don't know. Something. It doesn't li- maybe limestone in those things. That could be. Yeah. But driving into it, I am not claustrophobic at all. I have not a problem with that. But after being in the mines for like over an hour, it started to like creep in a little bit. Like, uh, do I need to get out of here? I think I got I think we gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta go. When it's pitch dark in there. And all you can see is the headlights in front of you. And then we did a spot where you like turned everything off and it's just like, wow, I didn't know what dark was. Yeah, (laughs) you're right. If you get into those tunnels, it is amazing. Yeah. When you turn off the lights, just, I mean, there's nothing. Mm -hmm. It's like, I cannot lose our leader. I cannot lose our leader. (laughs) Get, can just turn the vehicle back on. Yeah. Right. If you can find it, you can find it. And everyone in circles forever. Yes. Blair Witch experience. No, I haven't had anything claustrophobic like that. Or <clears throat> I'd say, yeah, mostly it's just temperature. You mm-hmm. know, you start getting those late fall rides. I mean, even although even when we did a season opener in Montana, it was early September, but for some reason that year it was like a cold year. Yeah, I just remember being kind of just chill most of the shoot. Yeah, um, we were all starting to huddle in the. Maybe the crew that had doors on it, yeah. and the heater, and yeah. stuff like that. And anytime we'd stop, it was almost like a clown car. It'd be like eight people in that thing to warm up, and yeah. then out, and then yes, I I would say it's usually when people show up on rides that were sort of guests of somebody who was on the ride who maybe didn't understand exactly what we were doing, and they weren't explained that hey, you got to have all this necessary safety gear and. You know, this is what we're doing today and this and that. Or they just show up in a, you know, different machine other than Polaris sometimes. Oh, yeah. yeah that, that's <laughs> happened a number of times, and which is fine. I'm just like, you can come on the ride, you know. Um, but just when we're filming, you got to peel yeah. off to the side. But yeah. you're more than welcome to. And then after a little bit, they're like, they bail. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, not, I mean, most people that we've gone out with over the years are, they're more than happy to show us their favorite locations and mm-hmm. spots and, you know, their 
taking the day off from work or that's just what they do for a living or whatever the case may be. So they're just like, because it, it, it tell people, and you guys know this, but not everyone knows, it, filming goes really slow, you know? And yes, it does. It goes, we might be in one little spot for an hour. Yeah. If it's really, really scenic and there's a lot of different features and cool stuff, we might take a whole hour somewhere. And they're like, really? I'm like, I've seen it happen. I remember being in Oregon and we were filming a volcanic, uh, there was a, a lava tube and it went, the lava tube was like 12 miles long by a quarter mile wide. I mean, it was extensive and they had cut a section in between that you could drive through. We spent four hours filming. Mm-hmm. We did a whole segment on just like the lava because we were riding around lava it felt like the whole time it's just the lava in Oregon and then this unique spot where you could drive sort of over or through the lava tube and uh, that was awesome. So we spent all day we must have made those guys go back and forth on that one spot 50 times. <laughs> well that's what you wouldn't realize. I mean when you watch the yeah. show it's very fast paced and it's moving constantly and you know make it look exciting with editing but you know when you're on location shooting it's wait for the camera guys to get set up you know 50 100 yards apart mm-hmm. radio to the line of cars and say like all right come on through they drive by we get our shots they turn around they wait for five ten minutes as we reposition radio again all right go so it's a lot of downtime for you know people in yeah the for the riders and the drivers yeah they they do have to sit there for quite so a while that, that is one of the opening speeches like it's you know you always say it's gonna be so boring that's the president <laughs> right now because then you can it's you can only exceed expectations right right yeah. put them way low yeah. Yeah. <laughs> put them way low at the beginning of the day but it does go fast i mean for us we're constantly hoofing it well that's know? i think for us it goes fast yeah yeah like you said we're we're constant we're moving it because it's it's getting the gear out uh, getting set up for shots, which means, you know, sometimes it's hoofing up, you know, a hillside. Um, the other person's getting the drone out, you know, things like that. And then, um, yeah, they get, while they're turning around, we're moving positions because we don't shoot from the same place twice. Even though we're in the same area, we're changing those shots up. So we're moving around. And then, you know, we do that a bunch of times. And then we're packing up our gear and hopping into two machines and, we're on to the next place. So for us as the photographers, and even, I don't know about for Jared when he's, you know, helping us out. I'm usually taking a nap. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, but for us, it's, yeah. I mean, the days go kind of quick cause we are constantly moving. Yeah. Trying to maximize what we can with the, the day or the daylight. Well, and if you're not doing that, your, your brain is working, right? You're thinking, okay, okay. How much video have I shot today so far? Yeah. Do we have enough sound? Do we have enough destinations? Right. You know, because in your brain, you're starting to piece together the show and what the show looks like. And yeah. so usually that, especially that first day, you know, we'll be out if light allows us. Sometimes it's 10, 12 hours of filming that particular mm-hmm. day, yeah. you know, whether it be driving to the location or being at the location the whole time because um, either it's a really good day, it's got a lot of destinations, and we're just going to take advantage of it. And everyone's got the energy too. That mm-hmm. first day, to, the first day is yeah, you know, to get a lot done. So um, all those things go into what you guys are doing mm-hmm. for sure. How do you what's how do you prepare for like going into a, a shoot? Me, um, well, since I you're talk never to, prepared, Pete, because I'm the most unprepared <laughs> of us. Yes. Uh, well, it always starts with uh, once I'm assigned to a shoot, talking to who the host is. You know, so the host is generally the producer of the show, 
that they're on. And so um, I talked to them, where we're going, what we're doing. Do they know how many cars are coming? People. Um, where are we going to different places each day? You know, what's the, you know, because when I say that, I mean, you know, one day we may drive an hour to a location to start the next day. It might only be 25 minutes away from where we're at, but it, you know, so, um, stuff like that. Um, packing up the gear. It's, I mean, I, I don't know how many times I check over gear. Uh, it oh. must be three, four times at least. Yeah. Just to make I, sure. I, I get so everything. anxious about gear and we've done it a million times, Yeah, but the littlest piece of gear can just like drastically alter your shoot. Like, right. You know, if you forget like a little mount for like the GoPros or something. Right. So no, now you can't attach that to anything or, yeah. or you just uh, leave it in the hotel. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we've had that happen. <laughs> just leave it in the hotel or leave it in the house for staying wherever. Yeah. That's a lot of that. Well, I mean, even in this, uh, at Phoenix, we were just in Phoenix. Um, I forgot the radios at the house. They <laughs> were, you gotta be with an earshot. All right, so, go. So we we're 20 minutes. Uh, we were on the road for 20 minutes when all of a sudden my half, brain, half, half hour. No, it was, it was, <laughs> it was half an hour. No, it was I'm just doing the hour. driving. I know. <laughs> um, and I, my brain all of a sudden went click. Where are the radios? And I, I asked the, uh, the other photographer with, I'm like, look in the back and didn't see him. I'm like, Oh no. So we had to do a quick UE and go back mm. and, I mean, that put us back. Well, that's, you know. that's, well, that ended up being not an hour drive, but a two-hour drive to start the day. Yeah. And we got there, you know, a little later than we had planned, obviously. Yeah. And, and you hate your first day to sort of feel like you're behind the eight ball a little bit. And you're like, okay, now we got to get going. Now we got to sort of hustle yes. to get back <laughs> to where we think we might have been for the day. And yeah. then, you know, yeah, that's, it all worked out because it did. The, the destinations weren't too far. But yeah, yeah. you're like, Dang it! Now I yeah, really... I was kind of kicking. My, I was really. I mean, I was kicking myself. And I'm usually one of the more prepared people. And yeah, the radios were just sitting on a chair in, in the house. You could like... probably eke out the day without them, but that's that is the worst feeling. I think I was. It was the New Mexico trip. I was with both you guys, and I left like the drone controller charging in the hotel room, yes. and it was like an hour one way to get there. And thank God there was two of us there. It's like, all right, Pete, you you go on shooting. I'm going to drive all the way back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need it. I left it. the whole drone in the hotel one day with Pete and I, and we got all the way to the location and it was hour and a half, hour and a half. Right. Yeah. So then I turned around, drove an hour and a half back, then drove that hour and a half again. So by the time I got back, Pete was done filming. We were in Glamis shooting project X. So we didn't have to film like a regular ride. We were just focused on the machine, but he did everything while I was spending that three hours driving and then they show up and he's like okay just need the drone now then we can go <laughs> yeah well, it just goes to show like how many little pieces we're trying to keep track of for mm -hmm. a small team of three it's amazing it doesn't happen more often and like again going back to cabo something that happened there like you're trying to keep track of all the gear that's mixed up in like four machines mm -hmm. you know and we're all three trying to keep tabs on it I remember like the drone i left the drone and the drone case on top of a machine and we like sped off down the beach like all right let's use the drone like oh no yeah you know i mean start backtracking and picking up battery here case there there's the controller combo was a uh, yeah a little we uh jared back what was it you backed up and the camera case fell off and we broke the camera case oh yeah yeah <laughs> for sure <laughs> for sure it was not my fault it's mexico <laughs> it things happen down there not but, my fault the yeah. case was on the back 
bed of one of the vehicles and I just happened to have thought it was everything was closed up and yeah, you know, it's, it's we, we, I mean, we, we don't need to discuss your broken drone shots, Pete. I mean, if that's what you want to do. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of things to keep the like, gear wise going into a shoot. And then as soon as I'm confident in that, like where are we going? What's the weather going to be yeah. like? And trying to prepare that way is Weather's like the next big, big thing. Like there's nothing worse than being uncomfortable yeah. outside all day. Well, I, I mean, dress yeah, right. I've got rain gear in my bag all the times. The only thing is like a couple of years ago, Idaho, I didn't have long underwear. And I really could have used it. It was cold. So I just threw the rain pants on. I would say that's probably like the one, besides glove, obviously, when you think about those when it's going to be cold, is having a base layers underneath is probably the most important thing besides maybe sunblock to, to bring totally. out there. Because there are days where, I, you know, a couple of times I'm like, ah, I don't need my long underwear. I'm like, it takes up no room in my bag, but somehow I decide when I'm packing that that's the least important thing I need <laughs> right, to bring. Right. <laughs> and I'm out there shivering all day long. I'm like, well, great. Yeah, if kicking, I would have, like, and meanwhile, down. I've got, uh, you know, eight extra pairs of running clothes that I brought with me that I'm not going to use. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, is there, uh, before we wrap it up, guys, is there a place that, you know, you guys have wanted to go you haven't or you thought like man it'd be cool to go film there someday if we ever get the chance easy argentina yeah pre the, pre-covid dang it, it's, pre-covid all right. that's, that's a good that was on that's the, a good boy yeah. that was yeah right all right the top. And yeah yeah so COVID happened. yeah covid didn't wipe too much out for us but it did wipe out that we had had oh there was that three of us going on that one yeah all three of us okay so a trip planned to argentina that had been in the works for quite some time and it was on the verge of, of happening. I mean, the location was set. What we we're going to do was all set. And then, uh, I think COVID we even stu- had air. I think we had airfare. We, we even had air. Tickets. Did we have air tickets? We had airfare. Yeah. yeah it, was it was happening. It was happening. And then, yeah, COVID hit. Yeah. It was starting to sprinkle out, you yeah. know, and then you're like, okay, okay. And then obviously when it went full blown well, and shut everything down. It was interesting because they were the ones who, it was even before the U.S. shut stuff down. Argentina, they, I think they called us and said, are you guys still planning on coming? I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, then never mind. Well, <laughs> how about you? Like, I mean, what's what's on your destination uh, list? Well, I've been lucky enough to go to all, not ride in all 50 states, but at some point in time, pass through at least all 50 states doing this in almost every province so far. Just a couple of like smaller ones on mm-hmm. the Upper East Coast. So if I could get those somehow. That'd be great because then I would have everything in North America. But I would say South America. We've done no shoots ever in South America, and Polaris has a big presence down there. We've done some in Europe. I know you guys weren't there, but yeah. um, I would say South America mm-hmm. for sure. That would be awesome to go down there and go to either Chile or Argentina or something like that and experience yeah. that off-road community and culture would be would be awesome. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. It was interesting to hear your stories today. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having us on. Thanks you know, for, yeah. We could talk for a while, but Kyle's got a, got a dentist appointment, so got to kick him out of here. Oral hygiene is important. <laughs> <laughs> Today's podcast was brought to you by Rockford Fosgate. If you want to upgrade your audio system or you've been thinking about getting an entirely new audio system, Rockford has you covered from stage one all the way up to stage six kits. Rockford takes your audio to the next level. And of course, we've been talking about places and locations to ride and If you don't have a machine, then you can easily do what we've done a bunch of times, and that is go with the people from Polaris Adventures. They have you covered from Maui to Maine, rental outfitters all across 
all across the country. Summertime is around the corner. So if you're planning your own trip or a family trip, uh, check out Players Adventures. And uh, I know, Pete, you used to Players Adventures and take some family on a, yeah, on a I shoot. Yeah, in Minnesota, I took them. Uh, they'd never been in a machine. So it was great to take two of my siblings and, yeah, do that. Uh, awesome. Awesome. I know someone told me recently uh, the difference between a vacation and a trip. A vacation is where you go with your wife. A trip is where you take your kids. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So there you go. Plan your vacation or your trip. Well, that does it for another episode of the Destination Players podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to us where you listen to your podcast, and we will talk to you again soon. Bye.